Anime is a vast and varied medium, and if you're not already familiar, it can be daunting to find something you might be interested in watching. This is a podcast where three average anime enjoyers introduce their uninitiated co-host to their favorite anime touchstones, so he can join them deep in the weeds. This week, we watched One Punch Man. In 2009, an individual known only as One started publishing a webcomic called One Punch Man sporadically in his spare time. By 2012, the comic had almost 8 million hits and the fanbase had readers from all over the world. One of those fans was Yusuke Murata, a professional mangaka. In 2011, Murata was incredibly ill and was afraid he was going to die. I was in the hospital when I thought, he said, if I'm going to die, I want to do something I really love to do. I want to draw manga with Mr. One. He reached out to One and asked to work with him to redraw and publish the webcomic using his industry connections. Murata explained that because he wanted to treat this manga as a special art project, the updates would would be ready only when he was satisfied with the quality, as opposed to the usual manga which operates on tight deadlines. One's comic was well-liked for its comedic writing and casual art style. If, like me, you have ever attempted a webcomic and fallen into that mindset of my art has to be good for my comic to be good, I highly encourage you to go read the original webcomic. Murata's redraws are most of the time just that, redraws, keeping the original paneling and composition. But Murata's incredible flair for action scenes and detailed style give the story a whole other layer to enjoy. Should I just do that whole paragraph again in one take? <laughs> no, I'll cut it. It's fine. Okay. Murata and Wan became fast friends and have worked together on several projects. By April 2020, the manga remake had sold over 30 million copies worldwide, making it one of the best-selling manga series of all time. As the manga adaptation went on, Murata started using it to experiment with elaborate two-page spreads and chapters which focus on a single action scene in practically flipbook-like sequences. These chapters had fans start referring to the series as well-animated manga, and fans began to ask about an anime adaptation. Murata promised that if an anime were to happen, he and one would be heavily involved in the process. In early 2015, the anime was confirmed. One and Murata handpicked the animation team, a mix of novices and experienced animators from Studio Madhouse, many of which were also fans and excited to work on the series. Murata was involved in the animation process and helped with keyframing, while Juan assisted with character design and story direction. The first season of 12 episodes aired in Japan in late 2015, and Viz Media brought an English dub to the Western world in 2016. We got a second season in 2019, as well as several OVAs, and a third season has been announced. Juan was interested in creating a comic superhero who was already the strongest in the world. He wanted to focus on different aspects of storytelling than those normally relied on in standard superhero stories, such as everyday problems. One said, Punching is oftentimes pretty useless against life's problems, but inside One Punch Man's universe, I made Saitama a sort of guy who was capable of adapting his life to the world that surrounded him, only armed with his immense power. The only obstacles he faces are mundane things, like running short of money. We watched episodes 2, 3, 5, and 9 of the first season.
particular reason why no first episode. Uh, Nick, do you want to take that one since you were the main episode picker? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there is... This show does a couple of different things, right? Like, there is the... Like, generally speaking, I think this show is half the time with, like, all of the non-Saitama characters are basically having a regular action uh, shown in anime. But when Saitama is there, it's kind of doing Marx Brothers, where the fact that he is this, you know, overpowered, definitely the strongest, whatever, he's kind of just, like commentating on everyone else like really this is what you think is impressive all right and just like you know just just with the easiest time just sort of upending them and and giving everybody else like comeuppance or just like wait what and and just sort of uh usurping the interrupting the regular structure of a shonen anime um but it also it also does a lot of weird story building on its own, like sometimes in service of, you know, having that regular anime aspect, but sometimes just for, I, I don't know, exploring other things or uh, this show, we get introduced to the idea of the hero association. And then there's a lot of ideas of what, uh, like, uh, you know, heroes in fighting and there's like almost a, a class system or there is literally a class system amongst the heroes and like uh, why different people are different heroes. There's a lot of personal stories and there's just like a lot of different perspective this show comes at from that my choice in these selections was basically I wanted to create the smoothest uh like encapsulated story because uh episode one kind of does its own thing episode four kind of does its own thing but two and three are two parts five is the major introduction into the hero association and then nine is the second of two parts but it has Moomin Rider and I think does a good job of showing all the sort of like it does a good job of showing like the way the show approaches the philosophical side of heroism which is you know when it's not being a normal shonen anime or the Marx Brothers it is you know uh people battling philosophies um, so that was, and Moomin Rider's the best. I, man, I needed to make sure we got Moomin Rider in there somewhere. Um, but yeah, this is just like, to me, this particular sequence flows very well to, into each other. Like, yes, we are missing some things, but nothing major. Some things that get referred to, but not like things that changes stakes in any major ways. Yeah, like you're still getting the introduction to the main character. I gotcha. That was what I was curious about. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, history with this show. I Clearly, I love the show. I've thought about it a lot. I watched it. I watched both seasons all the way through after already knowing which four episodes I wanted to show before I started rewatching the series. 
uh, that's where I'm at with this show. Joe, you also think pretty highly of the show already, right? I mean, yeah, I was a fan of the webcomic. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Chuck, what about you? Is this, uh, you, you said this would have like gone under your radar a bit, right? Well, I wouldn't say it's under my radar. I was perfectly aware it existed. I just, there was never really a good time for me to watch it, mostly because, you know, audience hate me as you will. I prefer dubs over sub because usually I can do two things at once. <clears throat> and there was not a readily available dub at, for the longest time that I was able to find. So I just kind of gave up trying to watch it. And it just became one of those, I'll get around to it. And then because of this, like, oh, there is a dub. It's on Hulu. Uh, okay. This is, I guess this is the time I watch the show now. Um, so that's kind of my affiliation with it. I am peripherally aware of its reputation and, uh, comments on its first as well as its second season, uh, second hand but that's been my exposure so far before now all right um so then uh bob do you want to start walking us through these episodes sure can okay and we start with episode two the lone cyborg so we open up uh we're at our main protagonist apartment uh saitama is that how you pronounce his name so Saitama is just this average, you know, bald guy, long about his day, watching some TV. They're talking about oddly mosquitoes infecting the area. Uh, the TV's warning everyone about a demon threat level, which... Uh, were there demons in the first episode? Okay. <laughs> I... I... Uh, I will be filling in the context for this episode, uh, for all these episodes. So, uh, the threat levels are something established by the Hero Association. We do not get introduced to the Hero Association for a few episodes yet, but, uh, basically, whenever there is sort of like a, a, uh, was it a catastrophe, which is a threat to humanity? Tiger is a threat to a large number of people. A demon level is a threat that could take out an entire city and its people. A dragon is a threat to multiple cities. And a threat level god is it could lead to the extinction of humanity. Uh, so when they say demon, they're just like, hey, this is like, this is tier two. This is orange alert is what they mean by uh, threat level demon. I gotcha. Okay. Uh, threat level black watch plaid i'm sure they have posters up everywhere for what people need to do i uh, i believe they do I, I think in one episode they they talk about that so say is just watering his plants and suddenly a mosquito shows up to annoy him which this is the warning around town but say doesn't care he's gonna kill this mosquito because it's trying to suck his blood and, you know, he slaps his head, slaps his arm, starts clapping. you think people would notice because it looks like some pretty strong wind is coming off his hands. But we deal with this. There are no people in any of the buildings around him. Yeah. Why is that? Okay. He to... specifically lives in one of the um, evacuated regions of the city. So, like people? It's two things. Um, one... Uh, yes, it is because the evacuation went out and he just is the only one who didn't heed it because he's so strong he doesn't pay attention to that stuff. 
Um, okay. Two, there is a whole episode about this later. Actually, it, it becomes a pretty major point, but um, Saitama lives in City Z. Uh, City Z happens to be, like, more monster-prone, which is because people say there is a strong monster that lives there. And so all of the weaker monsters come to take out the big monster to prove themselves. Is this monster Tornado Alley? No, the monster is Saitama. But because the the monster occurrences are so high there, everyone else has moved out. So City, by, by like the end of this season or like the middle of this season, City Z is an abandoned district of, of the city where Saitama is the only one who lives there. And otherwise, it's just like all monsters who, who make their clubhouses there. Um, so, yeah, like because of Saitama fighting all of the time and everyone tracking down Saitama, everyone else has kind of abandoned this, the district. So we see a, a blonde guy with robot arms, which is all we know about him, coming down the town, looking around. Q intro. Such a good intro. We'll talk about that when we get to that point. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. I can wait. I promise. So uh, we cut to a guy who also lives in City Z, I would assume that, or he's just there gathering up the remains of whatever abandoned grocery stores left. Yeah, he's looting. And uh, mosquitoes come in, obviously, because there's this big warning. And it's not just a couple mosquitoes. It's a whole cloud of mosquitoes who eat him up. Just uh, suck the boy dry, like a Capri Sun. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say this. This is my first example of, there's a lot of gore in this show. It doesn't yeah. Away from it. Which, and I, sorry, go on. One Punch Man is in the zeitgeist of America. He's an identifiable character. Whether people have seen the show or not, I know of One Punch Man, have not read the anime, nor have I, or read the manga, nor watched the anime. I know or have at least heard of him. It's fairly prolific, yes. So I assumed I associated it with maybe PG, mm. where it is not. At a glance, I can see I definitely someone might think that too, just because it's it's this funny bald headed guy in bright colorful superhero outfit. Uh, so you yeah, always see him punching, like... you don't see the effects of his punch, which we get <laughs> to see a few times. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually, usually monsters, which, boy, season two really gets into the definition of what makes uh, someone with personhood a monster. I'll tell you that. So, uh, the swarm leaves the now mummified man, um, bringing their blood to the mosquito lady. And she is what I would, in my head, where... You know, my thoughts live. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When I think of anime person who is female, <laughs> this is the image that comes to mind. Yeah. Uh -huh. Like, she could almost be right out of, like, a Sailor Moon enemy design. She's barely clothed. A lot of angles are accentuated in such a way that your eyes draw to certain places. Mm -hmm. Well animated jiggles. Well, she's and like she's... A, a bug. She has chitin instead of clothes, you know. Like she's got some squishy bits. I need, I need you to noticeable squishy bits. I need you to explain to me why insects need breasts 
And go. Because she is not an insect. She is a human-insect hybrid. She is a mosquito mommy. Also, boobs are like the um, uh, anglerfish glowy bob of <laughs> anime girls. Holy okay. shit, he's right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, she's talking about how she doesn't have enough blood. And she's complaining to her insect babies when the, our blonde guy from pre-opening blasts her with his fire. Well, she's did. like, ha, 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 that barely tickled. Go, my mosquito children. They go and discover, lo and behold, uh, they can't do anything about this dude. He is metal. It turns so, out the boy is a Mega Man. But is his head also metal? Most of it. Yes. And there's no blood. No blood. He might have a brain. Well, one would assume that's where his thoughts would reside. He's got a Tin Man scenario going on here. I don't know why, but that annoyed me. (laughs) Sure. Among many other things. Okay, alright. As far as uh, questions. I'm hoping you can help me answer. I would love to answer any and all questions you have about this show. <laughs> Perfect. So we do a quick switch over to Saitama, who is still fighting the singular mosquito. Mm-hmm. Cut back to, and we learned his name is Genos? Gen- Genos, Genos, yeah, something like that. Um, He's still fighting Mosquito Lady. Uh, she goes in, snatches up his arm, is like, ha, 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 ha. And then she notices that he cut off her legs. Uh, I can't say I'm speaking from experience, but I would notice if someone took my legs. It took her like a good few seconds. Well, she's normally flying all the time. She doesn't really use her legs. It'd be like, you know, you know how you have like that spare key that you leave in the other room? I would still feel my (laughs) legs be removed. Yeah, I I have nerve endings. (laughs) And they would register the absence of things. I will say, to really also add in, I do like that when at least she fights, her arms and legs at least become less humanoid. That I appreciate. Isn't there a thing about that, though, where, like, some insects do have, like, reduced nerve endings or something because losing a limb lets them get away? Yeah, I'm trying to remember how mosquito limbs work. I I have a cousin that could answer this, but I don't feel like calling them. Okay. (laughs) So... Uh, because Mosquito Lady just needs all the powers, she sends out uh, her mosquito friends to draw blood from everyone in the vicinity, which I feel like that would take a while if this area is empty. Neither here nor there. Uh, So, uh, in this time, Saitama is running up the street chasing his one mosquito, who is bringing (laughs) it back to Mosquito Lady. And Genos is confused and is like, you know, go away. And it uh, was at this point I realized, I had the thought, you know, it seems like for knowing he was hunting down Mosquito Queen Lady, Genos really came to this, like, knife, not even like a knife, just unarmed at a gunfight. Why didn't he think, to, especially with the flames, to bring Mosquito repellent or spray i'm just saying uh they're a specialized breed of mosquito 
apparently. Oh, no, that's what they announced at the beginning. Oh, I know. I just yeah, it, it was the thought. It was just the thought that entered my mind. Was like, ah, there, here we have Saitama being the real hero, trying to kill, <laughs> them, kill them the right way. So all the mosquitoes come. They're gonna draw Saitama's blood, and Genos is like, no, and does a big fire explosion, killing, I think, uh, nearly all the mosquitoes after they donated their blood. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but not Genos's. No, Genos's it was, it was an outward blast. <laughs> his clothes are indestructible. I have seen these four episodes. You cannot convince me otherwise. <laughs> I bet they're made out of, like, asbestos weave or something. I'm Too sorry. Sure. It's, sometimes clothes matter. Sometimes clothes don't. Yeah. At least it's not just the poor females getting the brunt of this. Yeah, just like in comic books, Bob. So with Mosquito Girl's super speed, she just beats up poor Genos. He is not having a good day, and he is all about to blow everything up when he notices that Saitama, the naked man who came by, just, you know, hit her once, and she'd be done. <laughs> Big old slappy. Just one. Yeah, well, I don't think he hit. It was just, you know, slap. Yeah. My fingers said to the face. And the way she splatters across the next uh, the yeah. skyscraper across the street, just like she was full of a lot of blood. Yeah, she went Super Saiyan Red. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, you know, St. Thomas like, okay, done with you, going back home. And Genos is like, what? And the, really just wants St. to teach him everything he knows. Uh after a week, Genos comes back uh, and visits uh, bleh, visits Saitama at his house. Uh, Saitama is surprised because he didn't actually expect Genos to show up. Uh, it's like, okay, come in. You know, we'll sit down and have a discussion about this. Uh, Saitama explains he's not looking to teach Genos anything. And then Genos goes into an explanation about his whole life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Nick, if you want to explain Genus's backstory, because for me it was just I sympathize with Saitama so much with what he said. Twenty words or less. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Genos is a cyborg that he was created by the help of his scientist friend to try and destroy a cyborg that destroyed a village previously. So. Four years ago, when Genos was 15 years old, a cyborg on a rampage came and destroyed his village. Uh, Dr. Kuseno uh, rebuilt him into a cyborg to give him the power to go on a vengeance quest to track down said cyborg. That's that's pretty much the simple version of it. So the thing about this is, uh, if I recall in the manga version, this is a joke where, like, Genos just goes off and is, you know, sort of backstory dumping and it does the joke where like the word bubbles just keep getting bigger and bigger and the font gets smaller and smaller and just like starts pushing uh Saitama's face out of the panel. Um and it's a good joke, but when you try to translate jokes like that to anime form, it doesn't land the same way because instead of taking up space on a page, it is taking up time in our lives uh so yeah i i think it is more we do empathize with how annoyed uh 
Saitama is when we also have to sit through the whole thing instead of just seeing the goofy face squishing over info dump. Afterwards, we switch over to uh, no Saitama saying 20 words or less. Uh, we switch to what we can only assume is Mosquito Lady's boss. And it's just this really angry-looking man. Well, not angry. I'll just say scientist-y, sneaky-looking man. Uh, who kind of saw all this happen and wants Saitama to come and be one of his experiments. I want to real quick shout out. Uh, there are some other photos up on his desktop when we first get a look at his computer screen. And it is uh, Watchdog Man, Metal Bat... Uh, Black Luster, and was there another one, or was it just those three? But these are all characters who not only have names, but will be recurring and also get pretty more backstory than you would expect. Gotcha. So back at Saitama's, uh, Genos reiterates what he was trying to say, which is essentially, please take me on, uh, be my master, train me in your ways. To which Saitama does agree. Uh, Binos is using his robot abilities, and here's something coming right as Crash. Uh, the wall breaks open, and a bug man comes in because we haven't had enough of bugs. And Saitama is not having anything to do with that and just, you know, punches the head off of Bugman. So we have absolutely no preamble, no explanation as to who he is, but he be dead. <laughs> the slow motion eyes exploding out of a skull getting squished is real gross, but real well animated. Outside, we see two more uh, animal men, or animal people, I suppose, thanks to Muscular Girl. Uh, that's a frog and some weird slime thing. He's a slug, yeah. Uh, a slug. Uh, suddenly lose their connection with their partner there. For some strange reason. Oh, I wonder what happened. I can't feel him anymore <laughs> with my telepathy. You know, that telepathy I got? It's fine. Uh, Genos continues to use his weird robot sensor abilities to be like, there's more people around. Which would be weird, except he used it before to say that there's no one in town, although he missed uh, Saitama. <laughs> but, whatever. Uh, Genos goes down there and... Uh, it's getting ready to fight him, but he loses because Saitama gets there and is already dealing with them. Uh, Saitama gets attacked from below and dragged underneath up to his neck, while poor Genos gets attacked by a large armored beast. Uh, is like, yeah, it named uh, Armor Gorilla, because <laughs> you know. He's a gorilla with armor. Mm-hmm. Oh. One of my favorite Mega Man X bosses. So Genos is like, is this the robot I'm supposed to be looking for? Because at that point, the armor is covering up everything, so it could be a cyborg. Uh, Saitama has his own quote-unquote issues because there's a lion guy and a very weak-looking mole person who I don't know why you're there, other than to pull people underground. Well, he's a ground king. What, what would be the point? Is it to collapse a building? 
he's the best at tunneling. He's the best digger. Ah, good. That's... Bob, have you never done a casino heist? <laughs> anyway. Listen, he... <laughs> If you need to contract, if the city needs to contract somebody to create a new subway line, this is the guy you go to. You beat me to it. I was going to say, how do you think subways get built, Bob? <laughs> they, they're this, not just sandwich shops. The Mole King. I'm so sorry, Your Majesty. So, um, Saitama's looking like Saitama, and Genos looks like he's getting ready for a fight because his opponent introduces himself, as you had said, as the Armored King, but he, that he is the top of the House of Evolution Science. Uh, we switch back to Saitama, who's like, okay, I'm done with this, and steps out of the hole that he was dragged in, and just says, you know, you need to apologize for the hole that you put in the wall. And they kind of don't. So Lion King goes to attack Saitama, and... Uh, Really doesn't work out for him. No. Got another splatter. This this show really likes its splatter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mole man's like, oh well, poop, and gets away because he, you know, is the mole king, apparently builder of subways, and we don't mean the sandwich shop. Mm-hmm. When he is doing his own thing, and along comes a giant Saitama face, which scared me when I saw it. <laughs> It's, it's like the weirdest derp face ever. Okay, which which was the more surprising face to find in the ground? Saitama or Gurin? Oh, Saitama for sure. Okay, alright, you know what? It's fair. Because that face, I don't know if he was like excited or angry or he just farted. It could have <laughs> been any of those faces. <laughs> so, I don't recall seeing... Uh, Mole King die, but later on we see that his picture slashed out. So he clearly doesn't make it. Uh, at the end of this scene, we see him with a giant blood splatter on the side of the building. It looks a lot like the uh, the mosquito girl, but he's like at the bottom of the blood splatter, still stuck to the wall. I miss that. Uh, it's just really. Mm-hmm. But uh, armored gorillas talking to Genos, explaining that he is the strongest, third strongest fighter in the House of Evolution, which sounds like a very anime thing to say, and that he also can sense power levels, and he knows that Genos could never beat uh, himself, or no, he couldn't beat uh, the Beast King, which was Lion King, I believe, wasn't he? Yep. Yep. Ufasa himself. Well, Lion King's already dead. Yeah, Saitama and... comes up and says, do you mean this guy? And he's just holding a dangling eyeball. <laughs> At which point, uh, because Armored Gorilla has already been kind of defeated by Genos, uh, suddenly starts talking a whole, whole lot. Mm-hmm. And he drops his scary voice. <laughs> Completely, like, turns into a big wimp. I was just trying to sound cool. No, that's cool. I'll tell you anything you want to know. Uh, we get our end theme, and then something that is fun with this is post credit scenes. Yes. In which case, we go back to the House of Evolution, and uh, our main villain for this particular arc is like, why is everyone all upset? And all of the people there working turn to him, and it's just all a bunch of copies of him. Bum, bum, bum. That's the end of episode one. Well, episode two, but yeah. Or, thank you. 
Our first episode. Our first, yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, anybody got general thoughts about this episode? A lot of blood. So much. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, this episode did a lot to turn me off. Just okay. because, like, we're going with gore, we're going hard in it, and, like, I get, yeah, Saitama, one punch, and it has to be that gory, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's not even that I don't have stomach for it, I just find that kind of unnecessary. Because if he's atomizing the rest of them, the rest of their body, I don't understand why there has to be an eyeball left. Um, yeah, they, they do, like, lean away from the splatter gore like this as the show goes on. I It's really bad in this one, and I'm not even that sure why. Like, it is a, a rough foot to start out on. Yeah, it, I'm not going to lie. I, that's part of the reason it took me a while to get through the rest of this, because I watched this on uh, Monday of this week, and then I saw them like, I don't know if I really... I'm just like, I don't know how much I can commit to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, you know, made it through. But yeah, that was... Uh, like I said, it's not even the stomach thing. It's like, I, I'm the kid that watched Event Horizon mm-hmm. eating breakfast before school and thinking, oh, that's weird pulling out your tongue like that. Spoiler for uh, however old that movie is. Um, so it's just for me, it's like, ah, this is needlessly excessive. And so... Because, and I'll be honest, part of that was everything I understood about this show was like, oh, this is supposed to be kind of like a parody and a different kind of take on superheroes. It's like, then I watched it like, but is it? Mm-hmm. It, so. As, as the show is starting and we are getting like, the the first couple of episodes are definitely, everything up until we get to the Hero Association really is this like, establishing Saitama, establishing just how, like, unfittingly strong he is. And so I, I think it's part of this. Like, this is... the I'm glad the show changes after it's just established. Just like, yeah, Saitama's the biggest and doesn't care. Yeah. All right, what's next? And then what's next is, is gets a... Gives you a little more to chew on that is interesting. Anything else I really have, I'm going to save for later because I feel like it's more appropriate there. Okay. Um, Well, that'll take us into episode three, The Obsessive Scientist. And that starts with us starting to learn a little bit about, uh, oh, the head of House of Evolutions. Just this this scientist guy who was like, you know what? I'm trying to work for the betterment of humanity, doing kind of weird things. And, you know, the fellow scientists were like, no, you can't do that. So he went off and, you know, continued to study and learn on his own. And by the time he was an old man, he made some breakthroughs, made himself young, made a bunch of clones of himself, named it the House of Evolutions, this nice little building on a mountain. And then got really into making sexy mosquito girls and the like. And the like. Uh-huh. I can't As get one that. Does. I can't get the Animen out of X-Men out of my head with this. Mm. That is a super deep head. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, wow, I haven't thought of them in forever. But, uh, so we cut from them to, uh, Saitama and Geno's kind of trying to get where this place is out of Armored Gorilla. I, which, 
I gotta say, I empathize with this scientist character. Like, he's a Final Fantasy villain, but so am I. He's just like, ah, oh, nobody understands my genius. And, you know, I haven't really matured since middle school, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> edgelord scientist there, like, oh, you, I knew you he, at he, some point. He's got the scene kid peekaboo bangs. Is It's great. It's great, though. It, it just, it really, it, he really does capture that, well, I know better than everyone else energy. And I just, like, all that was missing from any scene with him was just him pushing up his glasses and maybe an um, actually. Uh-huh. And his describing his work. Just the fact, like, he his he made clones of himself to be his assistant because obviously the only one who could appreciate my brilliance is me. And like, okay, so I didn't put it in my notes, but <laughs> anyone here watch Beast Wars as a kid? I did. Okay, there's this one moment, and I couldn't tell you, but it's, it just lives rent-free in my brain where Megatron is, you know, monologuing and I think Waspinator or someone else is there and they said are you talking to me? He's like no if I, I'm talking to myself I want intelligent conversation and that's that scene that's, that's, that's this kid's like life is I just want to talk to the intelligent people me and I'm the whole time there I'm just critiquing the fact that I, none of him is trying to one up him uh-huh. and vice versa like because everything about it, this kid is like, a wasted opportunity of this is a, a perfect way to display that archetype, but you're just not going to do it. Okay. And I, if anything, I'm, <laughs> this is my petty wasted potential <laughs> fail <laughs> just on him <laughs> because I, I needed that. I was like, you have the perfect opportunity for this and you, you missed it. But yeah, he, he has that energy and it's like, Ugh. I, uh, I guess it's because I, you know, recognize myself in him, but I look at that and just like, oh, yeah, no, he made a whole bunch of clones, and it turns out he does, in fact, agree with himself that this is the way to go, and everyone just falls into their system, and it works out. Like, he he does have a line later about, like, oh, any of the clones could take my place. So I think there is, like, a an element of even the clones agree that, like, well, you're scientist prime, so you should be in charge, and then if you go away, then obviously the, the next lowest numbered clone will step in i just i just imagine his ego is so big that even the clones would try to n- not 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 do the traditional oh i'm i'm the real one now one-upsmanship but just trying to like well actually i'm the smartest you know mm-hmm. just get the ego pull not not anything more than that oh, i don't and, know they're close they're all equally as smart i i it makes sense to me and that's what I'm saying. they're all equally <laughs> egotistical uh-huh. so one with, that's what i'm saying like it would make sense that one would be that egotistical, <laughs> but like I said, it's it's a circle that's going to go on forever. It's just like I said, for me, it's like such a missed opportunity in my opinion. Oh, he's trying to evolve an Ouroboros. Okay, I mean that's kind of what I felt he was doing. <laughs> like he he is literally a watered down gene pool now. Ooh, um, actually, <laughs> uh, that's not how clones work. Shut up. <laughs> so we got the intro. Uh, cut through that, and we go back to Armored Gorilla uh, explaining to Genus and Saitama that, you know, the guy just really wants to get Saitama. And Genus, because he's trying to cut him off, is like, you know, my master only likes it in 20 words or less, which oddly works. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get the information, 
And Saitama's like, okay, I'm going to go take care of this now because there's a sale tomorrow in my favorite store, and he doesn't want to miss it. Yo, mood. <laughs> I know, right? And so they go off on their way. Was letting uh, the boss people know that they're on their way. It's interesting that gr- armored gorilla gets to live. Armored, does he ever come back? He does come back. He appears in season two. Uh, <laughs> and has like weird like showdown with another gorilla monster, and like <laughs> it's great because he's just wearing a hoodie and he's like, "Listen, dude, I'm just on my way to work. I'm not. I got out of the." being a villain business i'm just chill now <laughs> i just needed him to be called metal monkey by someone just to irritate him oh man i think he loses a lot of his cyborg parts he gets his meat back which is sure you can do that meat why not monkey. Hmm. hmm that's my aol Stage instant name. messenger screen name okay then i guess is that more of a MSN messenger deal? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh-huh. man. I just... Oh, high school. I'm back. Uh-huh. So while they're on their way, uh, Genus is concerned, or Genus Prime, anyway, is concerned about all of this due to all of his team going out and dying, with the exception of Armored Gorilla. So he lets all of his clones know, hey, we need to prepare our strongest fighter... Carnage Kabuto. You know, that animal, the Kabuto. Kabuterimon. What from the Digimans? Uh, It took them a while to drag it here. I mean, it's it's like, uh, it's like one of those rhino beetles or whatever that, the, the, the chucking beetles. He's a real chuckster, I think. And we put Carnage at the beginning to make him, you know, edgy. Mm Mm-hmm. His name is Cletus Cassidy, Bob. Uh Uh-huh. I just, the clones are. Oh, go ahead. No, I I don't know enough about Spider Man to be able to get to that joke first, but I was thinking about it. He's Carnage. Mm-hmm. So the clones are concerned because the last time that Carnage got loose, he ended up destroying a local town, I believe, and killing people. Yes, he went on a rampage for a whole week. Uh, yes, it, it's his limitation. One week. <laughs> uh, Genus is like, just so you know, this is a last resort because we have so many traps built into all the floors. You're going to be fine. Uh, Genos and Saitama uh, get to the House of Evolution and, boy, I just realized this is Genos and Genus, so... Uh-huh. And they're geniuses. Pardon the confusion. Robot Guy and Saitama arrive and Genos Robot just blows up the building. Yeah, just you know, we're we're, we're, we're cutting to the chase. If One Punch Man is about anything, it's about brevity, or at least the character is. And in its own way, I genuinely appreciate that. It, one of my biggest things as a kid watching Power Rangers mm-hmm. was that you had to go in order. First, you have to fight without your armor, then with armor, then with a robot. Where in my head, it's like just calling the robot squish done. Mm-hmm. So, Genos blowing up this building, it's like, makes sense to me. Although Saitama kind of was upset about it. He wanted to fight through all the levels. Yeah, because he heard from the Beast King that, like, oh yeah, no, there's somebody stronger here. And he's, you know, he's jaded from being the strongest. He's looking for a good challenge. 
his inner Goku is showing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they do notice a way to go down, which they enter and find one of uh, Gina's clones uh, fighting some weird-looking creature, and we are introduced to Carnage Kabuto, uh, who is really an interesting character. Yeah. Uh, that art design, though, I actually don't mind it. It got very, it... um, what is it, uh, to girl the younger vibes? If you I go stronger. put that in my notes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like, especially when he, he becomes Ava 1 later. Don't worry about it, Bob. Uh-huh, um, that's what I put in my notes. Because, <laughs> uh, I, I did too. Um, I, I gotta ask, like, this, this man's blood is just like, meth lsd and anything else like isn't it oh yeah no he got dialysis that replaced all of his blood with the bane serum that's why he glows in the on green the bane serum kind of feels a bit watered down for this guy well (laughs) that that was the science that they did they carbonated the bane serum oh my god we mixed it with red bull and monster energy that's why he's so angry now i mean i would be too so, uh, you know, Genos clone that's squished by Carnage Kabuto and Genos Prime comes in and it's like, hey, just so you know, I'm replaceable. You're not. Uh, there's these guys coming. If you could take care of them for me. And Carnage Kabuto's like, okay. Also, we they, see- they use Hold it on. as a... Uh... The, like they're having basically uh genus comes in and is like hey i need you to do me a favor i know listen i know you're like a, a psychopath but listen i need a favor but also they use it as this excuse to just like give a even more backstory for genus and also a little bit for for kabuto and it's just like yeah y'all just like without saitama there to say 20 words or less it's just like yeah you're just gonna go on and explain your backstory so like they give an amount of stuff that's like if if this was a regular anime this is like the amount of stuff that you would get over like an arc of a season and they just cram it all into one episode i was gonna say the the more someone got exposition the more i realized uh you're not lasting any more than like the next five to ten minutes Uh uh-huh that that's another uh knock on of these early episodes later uh if somebody gets it, it usually works the other way the more often if if somebody keeps recurring they get more backstory over time but if you get all your backstory first it's just like oh yeah you won't be here and so uh we see Genos and Saitama approaching uh Genos senses there's some people coming who knew and it ends up being Carnage Kabuto, and he's holding Genus Prime, and you know, kind of swinging him around Delicately. like a crazy person, huh? Delicately, like a flower. Uh, yeah, not even remotely delicately like a flower, <laughs> more like a thwop thwop thwop. It's it's like the the like palming his head with his hand the way that you do like when somebody's going to smash the face into the wall but he's just running down the hallway with him like that it's more aerodynamic this way i guess so and uh you know he has very obvious bad guy vibes and what i find interesting is genos is just there but carnage kabuto's like whatever and pushes him into a wall. Mm-hmm. He 
Yep. And it's like, hey, Satana, if you want, I got this whole big, gigantic, sprawling, open, underground room for combat experimentation, because that makes sense. I mean... There's a lot of displaced dirt. Yeah. It's it's fine. It's anime super science lab. It's fine. It makes sense. It's it makes me think of a uh, danger room. Uh, yes. Yeah. The uh, holodeck, just kind of yeah. this weird. It's the, it's the multi-purpose room, Bob. It's the training level from every fighting game. Mm-hmm. So they enter in, everything's getting ready. Then along comes Genos, who seems to have this uh, problem where he can't not fight. Mm-hmm. And starts blasting at uh, Carnage Kabuto. Uh, but uh, Carnage Kabuto could really care less. He is like, you know, no. And kind of really beats him into a mechanical pulp. Yeah. Getting real Krillin vibes off this guy. He... Save my opinion to the end. Save my opinion to the end. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I. Oh, the end is going to be spicy. I can taste it already. It, it, it is, at least from my point of view. <laughs> uh, so, Genos somehow still alive after that, you know, carrying, kind, incompassionate carrying, is curious to see how this fight's going to go. Because, you know, he's the one who wants to study Saitama. And also, Kabuto is, like, is his, like, uh, uh, magnum opus, even if it was sort of a failure. It's like, well, this is still, like, one of the biggest things. So, like, he does want to see his work prove him proud, you know? He's got that little bit, even if it will then later kill him as well. You're still useful. So, uh, CK or uh, Kabuto goes straight at Saitama getting ready to just take him down, suddenly stops, runs away. Because he's like, uh, spider sense is tingling. I can't beat this guy. He just, I did kind of appreciate that a little bit. He got spooked. He got blown away by Saitama's aura of just that goofy face. Uh, from across the room, Carnage Kabuto's like, how did you even get this strong? And we got a little background insight to Saitama. He's like, every single day I worked hard, I did 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats, and then a 10-kilometer run. And he did this, I think he said, for a year. Uh, And a meme was born. So, yeah, he did it for... He became a hero and started this regimen three years ago, but it took a year and a half for him to uh, go bald. (laughs) Yeah, essentially, as he put it, the barrier to superhero is hair. Yeah, for some reason, yeah. Listen, you gotta get rid of all those follicles so you have more room for muscles. I just, I don't... mm. Makes you more aerodynamic. (laughs) Mm. Anyway. Bob, are we on the same plane? Mm. (laughs) Uh, Carnage Kabuto's like, listen, uh, you ain't telling me the truth. I'm going to go super strong. And nope. <laughs> and the last time I did this, I beat up a lot of people. And I'm just going to take you out. I'm going to be so strong that I'm going to have this rage for a week. And it's not going to go away till next Saturday. He needs to see a doctor. 
<laughs> and then he goes big and bulky and straight on starts getting or starts attacking Saitama who's just standing there. It's picked up and thrown around. And Crunch Kabuto's like, boom, boom, boom. And Saitama just takes it. Because he's just thinking about how that means today is Saturday. And he's not getting his sale at the store. Spoiler, you're ruining the surprise. It takes him forever to come around to that. Really, He's just like, wait. Yeah, it does. It's, it's like that uh, Phoenix Wright moment. So you said the clock hasn't struck midnight. So that would mean it wasn't Christmas yet. Yeah. That that is how time works. Mm-hmm. So so with one punch he destroys Carnage Kabuto. It's like in despair, just like wailing in despair. <laughs> you ever been so sad you obliterated a being from existence? Uh, uh and, oh, like uh, Anakin Skywalker and that um that camp no, of that... Tusken Raiders. <laughs> No, no, that's because he hated sand. That's not despair. That's, that's you know, getting some grit where it shouldn't be. Uh, that happened to Saitama, too. He had uh, he got some dirt in his uh, special pants area, quote-unquote, from uh, being buried <laughs> yeah. in the ground. Funny is that whole bit, he was able to clean it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fighters showing respect to each other. It's just like, no, 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 get, get yourself together. I want to face you in your highest form. It's only respectable that I let you take care of your problem, which is... I, okay, Goku. We did, we did skip over one thing about the fight with Beast King that I do have to point out. Uh, he did not defeat him with one punch. He used his special move, consecutive normal punches. That's right. <laughs> so good. Oh, <laughs> the power is unparalleled. Yeah, Machine Gun Fist did the job. So, Dinos uh, being the uh, thoughtful one was like, hey, you know, if we hurry, we can make it to the store before it closes and you can get your buy one, get one free. And so they punch a hole into the wall and run off. Yeah, and but doesn't like Dr. Moreau there say, ah, yes, I now need to reconsider my life. Genus? Yes. Yeah, because like, because his whole philosophy is transhumanism, which is augmenting human abilities with, you know, genetic manipulation or um, machinery. But Saitama is 100% human. Like, oh, I kind of got the, I, I guess I had the wrong readout. I thought he was like, ah, oh, I, I entered the find out stage. I survived. I need to rethink my life. That's the what I took away from it. Mm. This is... Okay, I do gotta point this out, but, like, there is no further secret to Saitama. He really is just a dude and just did his yeah. basic training. Like, that is the canonical explanation for why he's so strong. There is some fan theory that because he keeps eating the monsters that he kills, Wait, that somehow affects things. When was I that interview? Okay, we see this a couple. There's it. It is seen a couple times. Like there's one that's like a, a a seaweed monster, basically, and he takes the pieces of it to as kombu and just goes home and like cooks it. So he has slightly sentient nori, and all of a sudden he's, he's <laughs> super powered. Okay, I love. So okay, quick aside. I'm so happy that you let me know that a new season of My Family was starting. And 
I'm still super into uh, Yor was just such a bad cook and ate her own cooking for so long that now mm-hmm. she's impervious to poisons. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I love. I'm. I'm glad they actually included that in that episode. <laughs> And because and, that was like the same thing with with her brother with Yuri, right? It's just like, oh, he got so damaged mm-hmm. by eating her food that now he's got a body of steel. Yeah, essentially, it's like he he finds her food good because he's been wrecked. As well. uh-huh. <laughs> uh but like, yeah, I, I guess you could say that's the same here. But I mean, okay, I accept that in you know in in the way of the show. It's just. At no point was in what we've seen was that introduced, so that that at least okay can kind of explain things. Yeah, I I don't think he's eating every monster. Actually, no, no, no. It's not like he's like consuming his foes to gain their power or anything. It's just yeah. that sometimes he happens to eat pieces of monsters and the ones that, that are food related. Yeah, that, because it's cheaper than picking it up at the things. store. Yeah, that might affect things more than he realizes. But even then, that would have happened after he got strong, so... Yeah. So the fans are wrong. <laughs> Maybe just made no, him strong. No, just saying that it... Yeah, like, it augmented it. Sure. I think that brings us mostly to the end of the episode. Uh, uh, the only other big piece is uh, that they got enough recordings to understand that it was Genos who took down the building. Yes, some mysterious men in suits. What with their black suits and being men in them? Black suits, brackets, nod your head. That's a reference for me. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. Uh, but yeah, that uh, that takes us uh, done with episode three. Uh, we skip over episode four, which I'll fill you all in now. That is where we first meet Speed of Sound Sonic, the Hot Topic Ninja that we meet in a later episode. Um... It's not really a big deal. There's a little bit, um, okay. Also in that episode, there is a group of like, I guess they're domestic terrorists because they're trying to get their way through threats of violence. But basically the thing that they are, uh, campaigning for is, uh, uh, universal basic income. (laughs) They're the paradisers. They just don't want to work anymore. And they're like, yeah, everyone should just get money for being alive. It's like, hmm. I, I support their cause. Yeah, no, so do I. But, like, it's that's a... <laughs> like, the show isn't actually making a big statement on it. But there is... This show, a couple of times, and it's kind of really unfortunate. But, like, there's a, a couple of cases of, like, this show taking a stance on a topic I think unintentionally because it's clear that it was using it to like make a goof but in making the goof they kind of say something maybe gross uh, or definitely gross we'll we'll talk about it later there's a character later who will definitely bring it up uh, but that character does not appear in episode 5 the ultimate mentor Master Roshi Yes, Master Roshi. Uh, there's a couple... I think there's some Roshis later in the show. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, we open with... The Hero uh, Academy? Association. Correct? My Thank Hero Academy. Association. Oh my goodness, that's a different show, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, 
there's an exam going on for all the people in town to come and sign up. The people who are inspecting the wreckage happen to also be the people sitting at a table, all getting super excited because Genos is supposed to be taking the exam. Yeah, they, and we, they, I get they're interested because, you know, powerful person, but I'm not going to lie, they feel a little maybe too invested in it. I don't know what it is. There's something about the air around them. Yeah, they're... So... They're just, it, like, really happy he's there. Okay, well, so... It's good for the association to have good heroes. Like, there is an element of, like, the hero association is... uh backed by private investments from uh, like uh-huh. board members so we do get into a little bit of that uh I've got thoughts about that but also we have like like just recognizing that the top tier and we'll learn about tiers in in a minute here but like the top tier is S class heroes and there's only 17 of them total so to find somebody on Genos's uh level who is like he's Spoiler, he's going to be instant class S once he uh, gets gets measured up here in a minute. Um, like, it is kind of a big deal to find another class S because, you know, class C's and B's are kind of a dime a dozen. We got hundreds of them. Sure. But to get, like, like a top tier can actually get some work done, that is that is actually really um, the sort of momentous news. So I guess here's here's where I... Immediately, kind of picked up on this. Uh, you know, it's like, sure, they, they, they're really glad he's there. Why can't they? Ju- if they really want him, why don't they just try and recruit him? Like, is there a reason? Because I don't get the feeling there isn't isn't one, or there's no justification that I could find in what we've seen that they couldn't just say knock on his door. Bureaucracy. It has to seem fair that everyone's got a chance to try out. Um, but this is private. Also, there are people who are controlling. Who gets okay, to so be there's like a governmental heroes. oversight committee. No, it's oh. a private oversight committee. <laughs> um, okay, I think this it might be like a nonprofit. So the idea of like joining up having to be voluntary might be an issue okay. too. There, there are. Um, so this is another thing season two gets into, but like people of high talent who are not a part of the hero association, we do meet some of them and we realize that there are a lot of like skilled people who are not heroes. So there is like, um, I, I think it's like almost like they, they don't want to hire contractors because there is, you know, kind of like what on my mask ends up going on about is he wants to be like, Oh no, like heroes have to have that like, heroic um uh uh motivation like we can't just you know pay them enough money to come in and be a hero because they won't act like a hero there might be an element of that but like honestly no like the the idea of going out and asking people to be heroes i bet i don't think there's a reason that couldn't happen but like it is at least established that not everyone who is on a hero level ends up being a hero okay like I said, I was just genuinely wondering because that was, was sitting the whole time. It's like, but why? So okay, if there's a, a, a like an in-universe explanation, cool. I just like I said, the whole time watching this with limited information, just struggling. Yeah, yeah. Some some things, you know, for for as much as there is like a lot of thought put into the backstories 
of of all the non Saitama characters, there are also a number of things that just are for the sake of the gag. Okay. Yeah, and you know, like I said, I guess part of my concern was, or not concern, but interest was, as you point out, like there seems to be like real in- deliberate intent with a lot of things here. So I was just trying to figure out what it was. It it could be that is something that has been explained in the manga as it went on past like season two, but um, mm-hmm. I I personally don't know it. it, it there, it, yeah. just from vibe it fits, but yeah, I, I couldn't give you anything specific. I and I appreciate that. Like honestly, what you said kind of makes sense. It's just like I said, just my my curiosity with world building things like that goes rampant. Yeah. So we queue in and. After the intro, we see that there's this large building where plenty of heroes or hero wannabes are showing up. I have to say that this cast of characters is very colorful. We've got what people look like monsters, uh, just a super strong, like, uh, oh, your bodybuilder types are all there just to become heroes in this place the Hero Association. And uh, to start off with, there's just the physical tests, which we already anticipated Satan is going to do really well, and he does. And over the uh, monkey bars, doing all the running really fast, uh, punching the machine into a wall, being a champion at Whack-A-Mole. <laughs> I, I've got thoughts about that, and I need, I, uh-huh. I need to know when Whack-A-Mole became a applicable real world skill because I it's feel cheated. Test. I feel like I've been cheated my whole life. I could have been doing something else. Well, okay, we saw, you know, the ground king in, you know, previous episodes, so clearly okay, being able know, to fight moles is a legitimate threat. It's a legitimate necessary <laughs> skill. Holy crap, you're right. I didn't even make the connection. And I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, you've got to literally whack the mole and you've only got so long. Okay. Man, I I guess I parked in the wrong universe. I do when when they show like the aftermath of Saitama taking all of these tests and he's like busted every machine, he's left footprint impressions in the floor, his vertical jump made him embed his bald head in the ceiling and get stuck. But like the one shot where they close in on one very sad defeated broken whack-a-mole just being cradled in a guy's hand it's just like I felt so bad for that mechanical mole just like oh no he served his country monster. so well I'm the monster because I laughed mercilessly <laughs> it's real good it's real good that's probably the strongest laugh this show got out of me was that moment alright alright they meet up later uh, in the locker room, Saitama and Genos, and Genos is like, hey, just so you know, I'm confident we're going to do real well because I saw you out there. And from our observation, yes, he's going to crush it because he has already crushed everything. Um, cut to a little while later, and they've already got their test results, which is pretty impressive for an academy, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm imagining just... there was like uh, several hours at least. Well, they're still in the locker room for that scene, right? Yes, they're not. It's one hour later. Oh, it was just one, one hour. hour. Okay. okay. Uh, they they put their sheets into one of those scanners. <laughs> and they made sure that they marked all the uh, circles fully. Uh-huh. Scan The Japanese have very efficient systems for this sort of thing. That's true. Uh, 
Genos is thrilled because he's a class S hero. He got a perfect score. And Saitama pulls out his sheet a little bit, and they see the top of the letter, and they're like, of course it's an S, because look at that shape, and wouldn't it be that way? Genos uh, is like, hey, Saitama, how was your interview? And Saitama's like, uh, what? But Genos uh, uh, remembers that they talked to him about the whole blowing up a building. Uh, hey, was this you? Yeah. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh-huh. You and Genos is like, uh, Master was there and, you know, beat up the main bad guy, so they don't even need to interview him. Uh, and Saitama finally fully pulls out his paper, and out of 100, he received a 71. Uh, to pass, you need a 70. So he is the lowest of the low ranking. You ever felt seen? Uh-huh. You ever feel seen by a show you've never seen before? <laughs> Genos is like, uh, no, and takes off because he's he knows so ready. That... He's so yeah. ready to go full Karen. <laughs> I want to talk to a manager. <laughs> oh, so he's a good boy. He's a, he's good, a apprentice. good boy. I gotta give him that. Uh, we switch over to see uh, a blue-haired guy. Uh, being let known that Genos has been made class S and you know that's fine gets a pass is this uh time for more anime uh uh ver- ver- vocabulary yeah is this time for more anime vocabulary I'm pretty well, sure we've done this word before but um yes in the notes I refer to him as a blue hair bishonen um, which is the word for pretty boy in a very, like, um, they show up more in shoujo, but it's, it's just like the very, like, you know, long, lustrous hair, gorgeous man. Almost like, a sort of who you want to pick up to pack your boy band with. Yeah. Yeah, he's a pretty boy. Yeah. Make the teen girls go, wow. And I feel like that's why he's on the team. Or the association anyway. Yeah. Actually we, Yeah, he he's he's like uh he's a model and an actor and like a singer and like And we like we end up seeing him later, correct? Yeah. 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 A lot. He's big on the public face. Uh we switch back over to Saitama and Genos. They're uh expressing their concern to uh a class A hero who has to tell them about the order of things. That you work to get your name, as far as your superhero name, or your hero name, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that you are a model of this association, so you need to act appropriately where you have Saitama chewing bubblegum and blowing it. Bubbles. Mm-hmm. Uh... Looking through our notes, his name is Snick. Yep. Yes. Snick. He says Snick is Snick. Yes. It, I. <laughs> I believe his name, his hero name is Snakebite Snack. Yeah, basically. Okay. I I'm glad you said that because I was like, listen, I know this is kind of a pseudo comedy, but I cannot even bother to take this seriously if the character's name is just Snick. Snick. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, we had the genius dude named Genus, so uh, we, yeah, we're like, getting that a lot. I, mean, I, I get that he was just like, wasn't he Genus because it's like a oh, like order Genus species? Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe yeah, I'm the dumb one. But yeah, he's called Biting Snake Fist Snick because he uses a snake style martial art. And he's got that dope ass snakeskin jacket, just like my uh-huh. hero Majima Goro. <laughs> I was so going to criticize him about the snakeskin suit until they're like, "Yeah, his name's Snake." I'm like, "No, it's not." <laughs> You're walk- making that up. <laughs> A walking home, uh, Genos and Saitama chilling. Genos explains why the Hero Association exists. Uh, it's because, oh, a rich guy had his, uh, or the son of a rich man, is it? Son or grandson? Yeah, well, grandson. Uh, was saved from a monster. And because of that, uh, the man founded the association. So that's one of the things that we miss in episode one is like Saitama's kind of origin story is uh, he was like, on his way home after being fired from another temp job, and he walks past this kid who's being attacked by this lobster monster, who always also has, like, even more gorier than episode two gets taken out. Um, but, like, he's about to take this, take out this kid, and Saitama's just like, you know what? I got nothing else going for me. I'll fight you and try to save this kid. Whatever. I'm bored. It's not like I go to work tomorrow. And he takes it out, and he saves this kid, and he's like, you know what? This hero stuff is cool. And that's when he starts his hero journey. And the kid he saves has the same uh, bulbous chin that the guy in the association pamphlet that Genos is looking at has. So it is implied that, like, yeah, the hero association exists because Saitama is the one who uh, saved the guy's son. And I've, I forget if it's in this episode or somewhere else, but, like... It is specifically because, like, the hero who saved the kid just sort of walked off and disappeared and he never got to, like, properly think that he wants to, like, create an association that will, like, give heroes the limelight they deserve, I think is part of it. Yeah. So. You know, everything ties together. The face of Bo. Don't fucking... (laughs) (laughs) so we go back to see snack what a name uh, talking to some people and complaining about how saitama has no respect and genos is just okay and that's when they they're like hey just you know genos is level s which is technically above snack's level which, although Genus has not earned his name yet. Yeah. There it is addressed because there is a specific, like, the board goes over and, like, they decide on a hero name in a meeting. So they got to wait for the board to uh, assemble and deal with that. Uh, as Saitama is walking home away from Genos because Genos is going to his place, um, he gets rushed by Snek because, you know, Class C. And Snack is class A, and it's like, you know what, you're new, I'm going to beat you up. And I think he does live, but Saitama <laughs> kind of is like, no, and, you know, slaps him. Yeah, he gets one hit on Saitama, and that's the last thing we see. That's the last thing he sees before he wakes up in a hospital. 
yeah, hazing's wrong, children. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. But beating up people that try to haze you, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Self-defense. It's fine. Oh, yeah, no, I, I fully agree with that. Yeah. So the following day, uh, Genos and Saitama are meeting up because uh, Genos has his new body, and he just wants to test it out on Saitama. He goes into this whole speech, which is very anime, of don't hold back. Mm-hmm. This may be a test, but don't hold back. Do the best you can. And we got actually a pretty interesting fight of Genos versus Saitama with Genos actually for a small bit being able to track Saitama even though he moves through his, you know, anime super speed. It's actually just teleportation bit. Mm-hmm. But it ends with Saitama getting so close, he almost punches him and then says, all right, we're done. Let's go eat. Does he actually touch his cheek? Because I thought he did. He boops him on the forehead. That's a boop. Okay. That's something like that, yeah. Well, because... so there's, like, okay. the two wins because, like, the first bout ends with, like, Genos fires the eight million guns that spring out of his arm to into a single giant laser beam like it's Marvel versus Capcom 2. Yo, that'd be sick. Um, uh, And Saitama just, like, sneaks up behind him, taps his shoulder, and when he turns his head to look, he pushes his cheek into Saitama's finger and just, like, gotcha. And then Genos is like, hey, stop messing around. I want you to go for real. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he just, like, teleports into Genos's face and pulls a punch and still destroys the entire cliff face behind him. It's just like with Carnage Kabuto. Like, as he reels back for the punch, we get Genos and we just see the kanji for death take over the entire screen. He's just like, oh, no, this is it. And... Genos realizes that he is never going to be as strong as Saitama. Mm. Or at least at that point, that's his thought. Yeah, because oh, no, pa- part, part of this fight was that Genos figures if Saitama won't tell him how he got that powerful, because obviously he was lying about the routine, um, that maybe by fighting him he can get some data. And I, I will say... Uh... We do see Genos get like more upgrades to his robot body design as time goes on. Uh, so like we, we do kind of keep up that consistency of like, oh no, yeah, he's getting upgraded as he gets stronger. Like, all right. To that point. Yeah. Where is he getting his wonderful toys? Dr. Cruseno. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess I was under the impression like this has happened and the doctor moved on. So no. I wasn't sure. No, Doctor's still around. That's the dude who oh, keeps okay. him upgraded in working condition. Yeah, we we visit him a couple of times, and there it's actually kind of interesting because like Genos, Genos has like a pretty interesting arc of like why do I fight? How do I fight the way that I fight? Should I you know be cautious or should I give it my all? And like he he's kind of extremely functional to the show because like he is the one who's getting advice from like all of the more experienced heroes and so there's like uh we we do get a scene where he is going back to dr kuseno to get some upgrades and it is specifically like the doctor gives him some advice that kind of counters what uh advice that saitama had given him so it becomes this like he has to sort of have the internal monologue of like how do I make all of these contrasting pieces of advice sort of coalesce to a single uh uh you know guiding mantra for himself. 
is my life's lot only to serve butter. Uh, anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it, Nick. We'll put that on a shirt, too. I'm assuming that's some sort of future mode joke that was about actually a robot a... that serves butter. Rick and Morty. Um, oh. nah. Look at so me, I'm Butter on. Rick. Alright, moving on. <laughs> so, Gino Sensei Tama go off to get uh, udon noodles. And yeah. it ends up that there's a competition going on at that place, and whoever can finish their bowl of udon noodles, which I think they said was extra spicy. Yeah, it's like a one of those food challenges, like eat the whole thing. Yep, and you got a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, what is it? It is, uh, you win 50 bucks USD, approximately, if you finish eating it. If not, they charge you 30 I want to go to there. Yeah. So they have a competition, and while you might assume that Saitama, One Punch Man, can win, he, I don't even think he gets halfway through, but... It's more than a regular human probably could, but Mm -hmm. Genesis' metabolism, I think, gives him the advantage here. He just puts it in a metal bucket inside of his body. He has a cast iron stomach, literally. (laughs) It goes straight into the incinerator in the heart of the burning boy. And ends up winning and getting the money. Except he definitely paid for Saitama, so he actually only gets 20 bucks out of eating all of that. (laughs) The store still loses overall. Yeah. Uh, While they're there, uh, the guy who's been constantly on the phone uh, comes in. He is Amy Mask. Amai Mask, which means sweet mask. Uh, What a sweet mask. Uh, He is the A-class rank one, so the top of the A and he wants to talk to Genos for a bit, so they go outside and just talk for a bit. Uh, when Genos comes back in, he just tells Saitama, you know, he was just here to greet me. Even though Saitama thought it was going to be some sort of hazing thing. Uh, while walking home, Saitama's all upset because he got hazed in a Class C, even though he's never going to lose. But Genos uh, goes over thinking about what Sweet Mask said which was when you are a hero, you have to act like a hero. You have to perform a hero. You can never lose. You must always win. And if you're going to lose, you're not a hero. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think he goes which, completely into that here, but like, oh, my math sucks. That it's, comes about so terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So we get all about, the... My mask is all about the image of the association and like looking good. Yeah, I'll be honest, like, watching it initially, <clears throat> I was like, so what, it's like, what are you trying to get across here, that it's all about image? It's like, oh, that's, that's really all you're trying to get across here. God, I hate you. <laughs> okay, here, here's how much of my mask sucks. Uh, in, like, the final arc of season one, uh, he is appearing on a news show as a crisis is happening, and the people on the news show are like, oh, my mask, since we have you here in the studio anyway today, uh, what can you tell us about sort of the severity of a situation such as this? What do you think that the Hero Association should do about it? And his first response is to just go, I mean, I came here to talk about my new album coming out. I wasn't really, uh, I wasn't intending to do any hero stuff today. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, you, you can go eat it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I hate this guy even more. This guy's the worst. 
but that's essentially uh, we get to the end credits. And afterwards, uh, Genos shows up again at Saitama's apartment. It's like, hey, you know, since you're training I me, can I live with you? all my stuff. <laughs> yep. And Saitama's like, no. Until Genos puts what appears to be a substantial amount of money on the table. And Saitama's like, fine. <laughs> He's like, money. I can pay rent. <laughs> Which you gotta admit, the rent for Saitama's place must be rock bottom. Oh yeah, I'm sure. If he even has a landlord anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm sure someone's owning that property. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of the Ultimate Mentor, and then we skip ahead. We skip six, seven, and eight. Okay, I don't remember. I think six is the one where uh, Saitama learns that. Uh all the heroes in rank C have like a weekly quota of good deeds to complete. Otherwise they get uh, pruned from the hero listing. And he learns that on the day that it's due. So it's just him running around town trying to find anyone to help. Uh, like cops. And then there's a, yeah, basically uh, I get exactly what seven is the first instant of like other heroes, Oh yeah, episode 6 is also where he fights Kombu Infinity who is there to fight the rumored monster and then people mistake Kombu for the monster. Yes. In Z City. And then Saitama kills him and makes soup. Makes soup out of him. Uh we also get uh one of those episodes has a scene where uh Tank Top Tiger tries to haze uh also in, in Class C, he tries to haze Saitama and sort of, like, be like, hey, how did you jump up so many ranks so fast? Because, of course, he jumped up, like, 300 ranks when he finally found a good deed to do. It's fine. Don't worry about it. There was mm -hmm. a there was a ninja. It was a whole deal. Um, but, like, of course, he gets defeated. So then he brings back his brother's tank top black hole and tank top master from classes uh, B and A to like really turn on him and then they decide like oh we'll just turn public opinion on him and we deal with that and then uh episode eight is part one of the deep sea king uh attacking uh and you know all the fish people sort of coming up on land and how a lot of lower ranked heroes are dealing with it in the middle of this crisis and that all brings us to episode nine unyielding justice uh, so we're moving on to episode nine uh, with Genos getting attacked and also attacking the deep sea king. So this is my first introduction to him because like you said, this is a part two and he's just this weird sea creature thing. And I really appreciate the way he looks. <laughs> mm -hmm. Once again, I don't know what it is about big bulky monsters, mm -hmm. but it like uh, explains I'm this physically strong creature and, my angles make me look evil. Listen, uh, there's a lot of us out here who know what it is about big bulky yeah, Bob, monsters. I'm, Bob, I'm 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 working really hard to keep my mouth shut here. <laughs> I want you to know this. You're my friend. So once again, uh, Genos shows off how easy he is to break apart, and yet loses another arm. This poor doctor friend of his has a lot of work cut out for him to try to keep all these pieces <laughs> up. At this point, it's kind of understandable because what we don't see is that in the last episode, the Deep Sea King has taken out like four or five heroes already. 
Um, uh, two so, class C, two class B, three class A, one class S. Yeah. So he's got a, a real kill streak going. Mm-hmm. So at this point, it's kind of an act of desperation as he's uh, in the bunker where all the civilians are. Uh, the Hero Association, I don't know if it's an act of desperation or they're genuinely curious about Saitama's abilities, uh, lets him know what's going on and sends him there. Uh, well, what happened is he picked up a phone call that was meant for someone else. Oh. Found out about it, but, uh, like, he takes... He was on his way there already. And just yeah. out? Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, well, it yeah, he was... Originally, he and Genos were going together, and then they got split up. For some reason, basically, Saitama met up with Moomin Rider, and then they parted ways again, but uh, Moomin dropped his phone. We'll get to Moomin Rider in a minute here. Uh, well, he's actually popping right up. Yes. Because while we see Saitama heading that way, so is Moomin Rider. Moomin Rider's the best. We'll get there. We'll get there in like two seconds. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So we have our opening theme. Cue back. Uh, and Genos is like, hey, everyone, evacuate. And it just occurred to me now, why hadn't they done this before? So they are in an evacuation shelter. Oh. Yeah, they so had they evacuated. evacuate the evacuation shelter? Yeah, basically. But it's also like, where are you going to go? This is supposed to be the safe place. At this point, they need to, like, get out of the city, I guess. But, like, yeah, no, they had evacuated here. And then the Deep Sea King was like, ooh, they put all your eggs in one basket. Oh, I can work with that. I love and, and shows off how ruthless he is because he spits acid at this poor little girl. But fortunately, Genus jumps in the way, and apparently this acid is the only thing that can eat away Genus's clothes outside of him taking them <laughs> off naturally. To be fair to Big Fishman, she was rooting for the other team. Yeah. God, also, like, talk about gore, but, like... Even for Genos being a metal boy, being a Mega Man, like, it's really disturbing the amount that he melts and just, like, ugh. He's not having a good day at all. No. Yeah. You ever want to see what happens to Genos when he gets one-punched? So, at this point, uh, Nick's hero, Moomin Rider, arrives. Justice Crash! (laughs) Yes, he uses his superhero ability... To throw his bike. <laughs> okay, so, alright, so here's the gimmick. Uh, he's called Moomin Rider, because in Japanese, Moomin basically means unlicensed, so oh my God. he is the hero who does not have a driver's license, thus why he you see him riding his bike everywhere. So what happens when he keeps throwing his bicycle? Does he have spare ones? I think he has spare ones. Listen, he his... fixes it. He's got his own little garage where he fixes up his bike that's right we do see that at some point don't we yeah oh i love that moon rider's the best yeah i can at least appreciate a hero that takes care of their own stuff and isn't tony stark or batman levels rich yeah Mm -hmm. right so you hear hero and you assume that you know that means certain strengths or a tougher skin super strength that kind of thing uh Moomin uh, Rider's ability is just that he can throw a bicycle and rides a bicycle around and wears a helmet. And while he goes to fight the Deep Sea King, the Deep Sea King's like, nope, and just boop, and away he goes. You ever see a man go from 60 to Yamcha (laughs) in under a second? Yeah, the Deep Sea King basically just shakes his hand slightly aggressively. (laughs) 
and he tosses him like eighty feet in the air. Oh, at which point, then but... he gets back up. That's his superpower. Yeah, I I gotta interrupt and say like this guy earned every ounce of respect the show is ever gonna get from me. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate the hero that commits to the bit, especially when you have what we have by now dis- discerned a social media narrative popularity poll of superheroes. Boy, I hate that sentence and statement and idea that this guy is like, no, nah, no, nah, I know I will probably die here, but I'm going to go down trying. I'm like, man, you, it's like, mm. it's like, okay, you are the character I respect most in the show. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's a foil to Saitama because he, he's a normal man, but he has all the, the, the sense of duty and pride in being a hero that Saitama is lacking, even though he has the super strength. He has the and hero love, spirit. Yeah. And I love, too, that we, we've seen in, I say we, the editorial, we have seen this kind of design of a character in other shows, but usually they have a chip on their shoulder because they don't have power or they're not mm. as powerful. I love that this is just, no, no, the purest, genuine example of what it truly means to be a hero. Mm-hmm. Also, like that is part of his whole like every as he's getting back up every time because it's a lot of times he has to get back up. Like he is is doing this like monologue, and his whole thing is like, listen, you don't have to tell me that I'm nothing. Like I know I'm a classy hero at best, but like I you do. <laughs> I know I will only be this good and it's not great, but I'm the one who's here. I'm a hero. I, I'm the one to step up. I'm doing it. Cause like, yeah. And like, even if his, his part is to delay the, him enough that other heroes show up and handle him, like that's enough for him. Yeah. I, like I made the Yamcha joke, but really this guy's like, man, he's got like real should be the number two in the show kind of vibes on power level, but doesn't. Well, so... With that kind of attitude. Yeah. At the start of the last episode, when they're talking about, oh, hopefully Janos is going to be at the thing, that meeting actually starts with their mentioning, like, all right, next piece of business, Moomin Rider is, uh, remains Class C number one. And as we're going to learn later... When you become the number one ranked in your class, you have the option to be promoted. And so Moomin Rider has consistently chosen not to be promoted. He has stayed in class C as like a statement on, no, I know sort of like what my, what my, my place is. So there is like, I I don't know if it's like humility or self degradation or what, but like he's just like acceptance. He, he knows, he recognizes and understands his limits. And is not so blinded by desire or ambition to say, like, oh, I can punch above my weight class. He's like, no, no, I, I have a realistic grasp on what I can do. Anything else is me, you know, just <laughs> essentially rolling the dice. Yeah, I could stay low and actually, you know, help people at the level that I'm at. Or I could try to punch above my weight and, you know, get on the grind to raise up the hierarchy. But at, at that point, I'm just going to, you know get the shit kicked out of me and not do anything useful. So like there is a, a yeah, there, there's this like, it's a, a high self-awareness, maybe tinged with like a crisis of confidence, but like moving Rider is a really good character. <laughs> you know, he reminds me of some of my more favorite Marvel characters uh, were the ones that were the street level, not like the 
galaxy redefining power sets, but just the ones yeah. that, like, I'm going to protect the neighborhood. And that's the energy he goes off, and I can genuinely see it, and he, he owns it so well. And this show knows that you're doing it because, like, as he's giving his monologue, like, I'm still going to fight you here and now, even if I can't win. Like, we cut around to, like, all of the civilians watching and, like, they're all tearing up and beginning to cry. Meanwhile, I'm already have been tearing up and beginning to cry for Moomin' Rider. And it's just like, show you know what you're doing and you're doing it well. Damn you. You know it. Uh, real quick side note, uh, speaking of the rank one promotion thing, uh, my mask is also rank one of class A, so there is, um, he is doing the same kind of thing where he is choosing not to be promoted, because, like, we see him in action at some point, and he definitely could be, like, S rank, but he is choosing to be there as, like, a final like rookie crushing moment it's just like the barrier he's gatekeeping yeah he's a gatekeeper he's the worst yeah you didn't uh, need to tell me that i, already, yeah, yeah, I know I, guys, <laughs> dirt i need to keep saying it though for myself whatever's beneath the dirt five more miles down and then this guy yeah oh uh, but okay Sorry, I gotta take this because I'm too excited now. I'm wound up. So, like, the, the, Moomin's like ending his fight. He's still going for it up until the point where, like, he's been thrown back and he gets caught by Saitama. And Saitama's also the best here. Mm hmm. Cause he's just like, he absolutely is. Yeah. He catches him and he says, like, hey, hey, man, good fight. You should be proud of yourself and just like a per, like perfect no notes way to be supportive of somebody even in in their losing moments. There is no qualifiers. Like even though you got your butt kicked, you still did well. It's like no, you did good. Be proud of yourself. No qualifiers. And you like yo, I love to see that. It is nice to have that with the no qualifiers because you're always like, "Hey, you did everything you could, you could, but I'm here now." It's like, man, you, it's like you, you see that in so many different shows and movies, and it's just like, y'all maybe take a step back and just say thank you. Hmm? I got this now. You could have said <laughs> just less. Leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, just just leave it at something simple. Get the job done. When everyone's feeling better, then you, you, you may be laying a couple jokes here and there. And now's not the time and like Saitama the smile on his face as he's talking to Moomin like he is proud of him they're the best oh my god they're the best kindred right. spirits I gotta yeah, go take a moment carry on without me <laughs> he, the, the smile is not condescending it's genuine yeah so we finally got deep sea kid versus Saitama <laughs> uh, what he is the deep because, sea desperado. <laughs> because he punches uh, Saitama and it has no effect. Saitama punches uh, the deep sea king and there's it no more deep sea king. effective. Yeah. He made the rain stop. He punched him so hard it stopped raining. <laughs> he punched him kind of once got... and the sun came out. Sorry, sorry, but come on. <laughs> That's how you know the day was saved. The sun made a special appearance. Mm -hmm. Symbology. So, 
Uh, we oh. got to back out of Geno's smiling, even though he's clearly in pain. And all these other poor heroes that they got one or two boo-boos. Or three or four. Yo, I tell you, they did. So like, a little while later. Oh, yeah. God. No, I, I think well, the, was eight. Yeah, then the people start cheering for him. With a whoop-whoop. Yeah. Except that one, there's always that one guy. Oh, we'll talk about that later. Oh, right, it flashes back. It's, it's so weird that all of that happened in a flashback, oh, yeah, but yeah. Flashback. Uh, because Hitama and Genus are going home, and the Hero Association apparently has their own Amazon drop-off, or mm-hmm. drop-off. <laughs> because they're like, here's your fan letters, and From there's like a million of them for Genos. He's super excited, everything's happy, and Saitama's all say, you're a cheater, you're a fake. Uh, and Genos is like, uh, no. You Who are they? I'll kill them. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we do get the flashback, as Chuck mentioned, of this one guy that's telling everyone how clearly it's fake. He is a cheater. He got in through cheating, uh, and then... Well, before uh, even that, it's like, well, clearly these heroes aren't really that strong, or they're not that powerful. If they, if they lost that much of a Class C. Yeah. This guy, this, this villain couldn't have been that bad, so what does this mean? He's uh, No matter what argument you have, this guy is going to undermine it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's how Saitama saves it, is by being like, ah, ha, ha, I cheated. If it wasn't for their hard work, I'd have stood no chance. Hey, make sure all of you hear what I'm saying, and you better not yep. tell anybody. This totally isn't stage. And uh, Saitama opens his last letter, and it happens to be a a letter that just says, thank you. Well, I I love the little detail. Like, it just says, uh, to the hero Saitama, and it's he started to write something else, like a more formal letter, and then just wrote huge letters, thank you. And that's it. That's the whole note. Like, I love, like... I love when in the written word you don't start over, you just get the, like, interrupting yourself. Very visceral. Saitama also gets a letter that he's been promoted to number one of C. Yes. Uh, He goes to the Hero Association headquarters, because this is where he gets explained to that when you're at rank one, uh, you can be promoted up to B level if you want, which is actually the option Saitama chooses to do he's like i'm gonna go up to b even mainly though he knows because him. mainly his main reason is so that he doesn't have to have a quota for yeah. the week to hit you he's a hero for fun after all <laughs> mm-hmm. you ever uh, been a hero who just has a side gig as a <laughs> hobby sweet mask is let known about saitama's promotion he's like why do i care i only care about a and s those are the only ones that have an impact on society. This guy. Mm. And and Sweet Mask is upset because an S rank also lost. Yes. Rude. Uh, we switch over to the hospital to see all the heroes recovering. I don't know a single one of them. Yeah. Uh, specifically, it's Lightning Max and... Um... Uh, the bamboo dude. What's his name? Stinger. Bamboo shoot. Stinger, bamboo right? Dude. I was like, I put it in here somewhere. And it's Max and Bambi. Also, <laughs> pretty pretty prisoner. Which yeah, what yeah. was? The... Okay. We'll get it out of the way now. 
Yeah. So you remember when I said that sometimes this joke, the show will do a joke and accidentally make a really gross message. Ah. Um, Pootie Pootie Prisoner is kind of the biggest example of that, I think. Um, so er- earlier in our notes, um, all the way back in the House of Evolution, it'd been like, oh, uh, our, my leader, my boss is interested in you and your body. And Saitama's just like, oh, no, I'm not into dudes. And Genos is like, oh, that's not what he meant. Um, and it was kind of like, oh, it's like a, there's a gay joke there, but it's very like clean. It's not played. even a it's, gay joke. It's just a, it's a misunderstanding joke. A complete idiot, oblivious idiot to anything going on. Yeah. Okay. So. Puri Puri Prisoner is is a rank S hero. Let's start with that. Uh, also serving a life sentence. Uh, okay. For okay, so the line in the show when asked about it and explains it is just like, any time I see a really cute boy, I just can't help myself, and that's why. Oh. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Um, which, like, yeah, so so straight up, like this 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 class S hero, like very flamboyantly gay character, is also like made out to be a serial rapist. It's not good. Um, I hate trying to explain it away, but like there are like things in the show that I think sort of contrast it. Like there is a whole thing about like all of the boys who are in, in prison who are like his boys. He has a fan club. One of them knit him a sweater. He gets upset when, uh, you know, he powers up and it accidentally rips. Uh, we do see like, there is a thing. It's like, Oh, he's always chasing after the cute boys. And also Everyone is just like, oh, no, he likes me and runs away. And that's not a great look either for everyone else. Um, But also, like, we do get a lot of moments where, like, like, even though it is like, oh, I care about them because they're, you know, cute boys that I'm attracted to. But also, like, there is a thing where, like, he cares about them. I'm like, no, I'm going to step in to rescue them. I'm going to, you know, take on this fight. I'm going to whatever. Like, there's also the part where it just gets played, like this character when they power up they have a straight up sailor moon transformation sequence like same color palette and everything but they uh transform into being in the nude and fighting naked and using attacks like angel rush beat down and it's just like like kind of the same this is another case of if you had said less there's a couple of gross side notes you made that without it, this character probably could be all right. Still not great. There's still, there's not much to the character other than being, you know, the joke is they're flamboyantly gay and that's not good. Like as, as much as I want it to not be a problem, cause I like the character, not for the flamboyantly gay stuff, but for the fact that like, <sighs> For, you know, for the part where it's just like, hey, here is this character, but they are an S-class. They are respected by other heroes. They do show, like, genuine care for other people. Like, like the part where they're written as he not just a like, joke. He also doesn't like Sweet Mask and his attitude on things. Yeah, so, you know, we gotta, gotta stand somebody who also hates that bitch. Um, but yeah, just like, 
when you look at it as a whole package, it is extremely problematic and not a good thing. And just like, why did you have to make it bad? This could have been good, but no. Like, which again, I don't. I think there is, and and this is me speculating, half remembered or whatever. But like in Japan, I think there is more of a like cultural osmosis joke about like or, or like. Even the way that, like, if you look at American movies from even a couple of decades ago, the idea of, like, don't drop the soap or whatever, like, I think that is not the, – the the way that it has been recognized is not cool here. I think in Japan it is still – hasn't trailed off as much, so it's still kind of a joke out there. Like, if you need a bit, it's don't drop the soap. Like, mm-hmm. so I think the show has – I think it's in there – wasn't trying to be a statement i because the, the way that just the pieces are just kind of placed there and you look at it and go see that's the joke and like sure if you want to steal it as like a joke archetype and use it but you end up saying some real shitty shit and like you should have used not that archetype for your gag you should have picked a different bit you know um so that sucks yeah that's just gross yeah yeah, I. It's not really. It's it's not defensible. It's bad. Then the, we will move on. Yeah, the, yep, that's what we see of him. In this. Yeah, that like, there's a part of me that says I think the only saving grace is it wasn't intentionally that gross, but it is super that gross, and yeah, that doesn't really make. I it say, yeah, that kind of carelessness doesn't make it better. It makes it worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Saitama happens to, uh, well, we'll move on from the hospital. <laughs> Saitama having just been promoted, and I would assume that means, unless I misunderstand, Moomin Rider is still rank C class 1? Yes. Now, even though he lost? Yeah, so... He so, went down fighting. So it, it is, I think you, like only go up rank as you do good deeds. I don't think it's like you go down for losing. Um, it was just as Saitama got the kill, he got last hit, if we're using Dota terms, and so <laughs> he reached rank one, and then because he promoted, everyone else shifted up one. Gotcha. And they go and have uh, some food at a cheap place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, noodle stand! And we find out that Moon Rider was the one who wrote the thank you letter to Saitama. Because which, he's the best. Which was so sweet. It's so good. He's the best. Oh, just, And, like, to see him without his helmet on, he's just got that raggedy hair. And instead of the biking goggles, he just has his, like, mirrored glasses. And I'm just like, oh, the boy's got kind of a bit and a look. I love him. I love him just being sort of like off the clock like this. Mm, it's so good. That's the end of uh, episode. And then we have our end credits. And afterwards, we see an old lady. And she is clearly a fortune teller because she has a crystal ball. And she starts talking about a catastrophe that is coming. Dun, dun, dun. She, Earth is doomed. She died after that Saturday. scene. 
by the way. Yeah, she's so worked really? up about that. Yeah, she's so worked up about that premonition that she fucking dies. Oh, she was dead. Okay. Well, okay. She's so worked up about that premonition that she chokes on the cough drop she puts in her mouth and choking on the cough drop is what kills her. <laughs> because, ah. you know, dumb. She couldn't see that in the crystal ball. Most unfortunate. And yeah, that's, uh, that is what we watch. So, um, I guess it's time to pull the ripcord. What's everybody got to say? I'm ready. I'm prepared. I'm sitting down. Bob, you go first. Why me? You first. Because you're the one that just recited the show. You go. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yes. What do you think, Bob? Uh, I think this is a show. Yeah. I think this is a show that's actually somewhat popular because it still has a staying power. I think Saitama is my spirit animal with some of the things he does. <laughs> I was going to ask specifically since this show is not, it's not a parody, it's not a satire, but it's just kind of a reworking of like shonen fight shows. And I know you're familiar with Dragon Ball yep. Z. And so I like that Saitama will speak things to keep it under 20 words. <laughs> or I appreciate what you did, now I'm taking over. Stuff like that. That being said, I don't see myself wanting to watch this show because Genos. Really? Genos to me is the worst. Okay. Yeah, but the, don't get me wrong. I love that he blew up that building. <laughs> Saved so much time. Dragon Ball Z, that would have been a 12-episode arc where you saw the first 15 <laughs> minutes every single time and the next time on Dragon Ball Z. Uh -huh. That being said, he can't be that dumb. He was rank S because of his interview and his test. He's not a dumb dumb. He's not but... dumb. He is myopic. Also, he's still kind of 15 at heart because he hasn't really, like, grown up. He's naive. His brain yeah, I, might be cyber I, and doesn't develop the same way. I struggle so hard with it. He, because Saitama is that person who will just say what he's speaking and do what he does. Yep. But Genos does not seem to understand that he just is who he is. There's no secret to Saitama. I think there's a little bit of the... um. Like, when people talk about in D&D, &D, there's wisdom and intelligence, and Genos is, like, intelligence, but zero wisdom, you know? But is he to not, under, not understand that Saitama is rank C. Well, I, but, because he dumb. But that's, like, the, the other thing, right? Is, like, like, the show kind of gets into that about, like, you know, oh, well, what does it mean to be ranks? Aren't the ranks all kind of bullshit? It's, like is it so many people put um you know the, this value into the ranking when at the end of the day that actually has very little to do with your your like power level or your you know your your hero spirit or like it's it's not actually a good yeah it's like it's like the show very much makes it clear it's like yeah no your hero level is not a measure is not a good metric of how good of a hero you are, but 
there is so much emphasis placed on it for whatever societal reason that it's like we are constantly struggling with this. That being said, it's just the the stretch, I guess. Yeah, it's and, it's it is kind of rough. And while I think that the animation in this show is actually really good, it's on point. It's real it, good. It's goofy, but in a positive way. It's straightforward. The fight scenes, even though there is gore, and I can understand that turning people away, it didn't bug me. It's just something you need to acknowledge exists before going into the show. Sure. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't know why it like again having watching through the entire season before you know uh, uh, letting everybody know the selection I it did not maybe it is more in what we watched here but like it did not stick to my mind enough it did not leave enough impression that I was like oh right there's gore in this show it's just like because like it only happens when you know Saitama gets in there and and does his punch and. As the show goes on, there's more and more time where, like, we're spending time with other heroes sort of yeah. doing the long, strenuous battle where, like, people are getting beat up, but it's not that, you know, splatter gore. Um, it's just when Saitama shows up and we're done that we get that moment. Um, or, like, you know, we don't get that moment in the episode where they save the town from a meteor, you know? Uh, it, there's other other versions of it is it's not always there but like yeah i guess i guess it is pretty there and i we kind of concentrated it a bit in in this election i think overall because of the naivete of everyone in this world whether it's not saitama where they don't understand that you know the one punch man can't take him out or saitama himself who doesn't realize he can just stop anything and maybe he does but he is such the average man he's either too lazy or too preoccupied or just gets annoyed he yeah sure he, he develops at some point because that's how these shows go but it's just i don't have that interest right now there's a he has a little bit of development. Like, he definitely knows. Like, that's actually the, like, the other half of the first episode is, like, we get this really cool fight scene with Saitama and, like, some underground, like, monsters, some underdwellers. Um, and we have this really cool fight scene. And then Saitama wakes up from that dream and the underground people actually come up and it's over too quick and he is despondent. Like... Like, yeah, there is definitely a thing of, like... Hey, have you ever hit burnout? Uh, no. I, I understand where Satan was coming from. Like I said, he's my spirit animal. <laughs> what's what's the point if you're already the best? And, and so, like, we get into that where, like, you know, early on it's in just... season two, it's very much just like, yeah, why am I heroing? What am I... If I can't get you know, joy from the fight anymore. What can I find to bring joy out of? Like they touch upon that. They never end up going that deep. And I, I don't think we, Saitama comes to a conclusion in the two seasons that are out, but like it's addressed, I guess. I guess it's just everyone out there should be like, Oh, Hey, look, this guy has yet to lose. And you know, he should have, like, I get the whole starting off at sea because he dumb. Mm -hmm. But just, 
having more to the bit. Listen, it's just like real life. We do not live in a meritocracy. If we did, it'd be quite a different world. <laughs> that is my opinion. All right. All right, no escaping it now, Chuck. This show, I'm just going to cut to the chase, does not make me care at sure. all. And, and, and I, like, Moomin Rider, I want to care about him, but it's like he is clearly not the focal character. I would love to, and I will say this, there is a version of this show that exists somewhere in the multiverse that... This is just a show about Saitama kind of going through his day-to-day life, going to the store, getting groceries, while while superhero chicanery happens around him. Mm-hmm. I would rather watch that show because it's like, okay, this is a goober who is, you know, your Superman, and he's – but he's under – feels zero obligation to do anything about it. Like if he gets involved, it's because, eh, I kind of feel like it today. You know, it's it's a Tuesday on, you know, third week, and I'm a Sagittarius or whatever. And, you know, I decide I want to go out and have some fun or do do something productive. Great. I would rather watch this show because, I'll be honest, everything I've heard about the show leading up to this watching was like, oh, it's a subversion of the superhero genre and, and the shonen genre. And honestly, I just see it as like, this is a show that wants to be a subversion and commentary on the shonen genre and is not doing anything to convince me it's anything other than a shonen. That it is just a power fantasy for people that want to have power and do nothing with it. It's it, like Genos. Unlike Bob, I can kind of forgive him because you got to have your sweet cinnamon roll who just is dead between the ears. And I can accept that. I, and I, I would even want, rather watch a show about Moomin Rider. Um, but yeah, like this, I, I honestly, there's been so many superhero or hero shows where it's like, ah, we have popularity polls to decide how popular we are. I'm like, hate, hate the trope, boring, tired trope. If I wanted to worry about popularity, I'd go back to Facebook and count my, I don't know, 50, 60 friends because I only want people I actually know. Um, yeah, I, it's just, everything about this does not live up to any of the hype I have heard. Like, and I, I will caveat that, yes, the animation is very, very good. It's just, it's not enough to do it for me. And I, I, I guess I'll also kind of soft roll us into one of the following topics. I was incredibly underwhelmed by the, the intro and the outro songs. I was just like, well, this is, pretty bog standard shonen fair it's like the animation's really pretty i just like i and i i genuinely wanted to like even when we got to like this at movement rider it's like man give me his show give me his show and about what it's like to be a c c level hero no kind of no oh no and own your spot in life and go from there i would rather watch that with like guest star saitama when he when he has his big hero arc he being Moomin Rider, and is ultimately a hero, but does not, quote-unquote, win the day, but holds out. That is more interesting to me as an idea. This, you know how I said I really kind of wasn't enamored with um, Gurren Logan. Yep. I genuinely thought Gurren Logan was the bottom for me. 
this is much lower. Yeah, honestly, like with I, you know, I I was kind of assuming that this was going to be your take on it because of how you responded to Gurren Logan, and like that's fine. Like again, it is a show that is a lot more about like spectacle and volume than any real substance. Um, I I will say, give season two a shot because because the thing about season two is Saitama does so much less fighting. It, I guess for me, it's it's not even that Saitama fights. Yeah. Because I'll be honest, there is clearly, and I get it from from ground zero, there is no risk to Saitama from anything I have seen. I hear, like, the final fight of the season one, oh, he's kind of got to put some effort, but spoiler. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He's the hero. Um, I, I w- yeah, he's been holding back the whole time. I was going to um, say, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised you, this was not, full-on Gurren Lagan situation and you watch the whole season out of like where oh, no. is the good part there was there was nothing here like I almost got interested in like the, the superhero uh association thing but then I was like oh, it's just another bureaucratic agency front-facing oh look a rich guy did it because you saved his grandkid okay if you didn't save his grandkid I'm not sure he would have really done anything for you guys um okay no, it it just bottomed. It continuously bottomed out for me, and I just like like I, I even with Fishman, like God, your design is so uninspired. It's like you are just bog standard shonen villain. Okay, and I I, I just I, I I feel bad hitting it as hard as I am, but it's just like I I gotta have something. I I just can't have empty calories in my life. Yeah, no, and and like that's that's totally fair. And like in a lot of ways, you know, when when I say everyone outside of Saitama is having a normalized anime show, I do mean like the bog standard oops all tropes kind of style of it. So like, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um saying I can kind of see where you're coming from saying that it's like not really a subversion. I think it is like like I said, to me, it's like sort of a, a Marx Brothers subversion where if you're the kind of person who thinks I'm bored of everything being a shonen and you just want somebody to come in and interrupt it, like that's what Saitama's doing. But it isn't necessarily like it is not here to do something interesting with the shonen as a genre. Like, yeah, it's not doing anything beyond having this one character that makes the structure break down that's all it's doing um and so like if you're not you know sick of shonen if you just want an interesting shonen yeah absolutely this is not going to do it for you this is the opposite of that this is about saying uh i want to see shonen eat dirt that's kind of what like this show is saying and it's just like yeah we're gonna do the most standard stuff and then just you know have this one guy rubbing his face in the ground and it's like and I'm, I'm okay with Shonen Eating Dirt. I really want to see that because I'll be honest, I'm, with the exception of some of the older Shonen that I just, you know, are truly endeared to me, I couldn't give a damn about Shonen to save my life. And I don't, I don't even think, honestly, I know you keep using the, like the Marx Brothers take on it as it were. I think that's giving it higher praise than it deserves because I feel like a Marx Brothers take would still be smarter and wittier. I'll give you that. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'll I'll actually give you that because like the Marx Brothers bring their own like goofiness act on top of uh, 
subverting the movie around them. And Saitama doesn't really do that unless, unless you like that sort of, um, you know, the, the, the frame of him just going, okay, to whatever big dramatic thing is done to him that like, uh, no cell humor, but that's kind of just the humor that he brings from his thing. And like that works for me mostly, uh, it, it's, it's enough for me. How about that? Like, I, I, I but uh, yeah, I totally understand. Uh, if you know, you need more than that to, to keep you hooked or to get you hooked in the first place, even. And I love a good no cell, but it's just like, this, this guy it. feels like, this guy feels like completely though, out, even outside the fight, he feels so devoid of emotion. I'm not convinced he's human. Yeah. And that's like, if, if he's, you know, yeah, he showed kind of interest and in, uh, disappointment at missing the sale, but I've seen so many characters that I still would never want to see again give better performance of like, I missed the sale and showing they actually cared about it. It's like, oh, I missed the sale and my coupon's out. It's like, give, give me a line read where you have any passion about this because I'm not convinced you genuinely care. Yeah, it, it's... And that, that's why I say like, I, that's where my hangups are like, I, I would say, if anything, this this is a commentary on Shonen that wants to be a subversion. Sure. And, like, when you, you know, when you consider that it had its original root as, like, a webcomic, there is something about that style of, like, no-sell comedy end on, like, the comedy is the joke kind of falling flat. Like, to me, that reads a bit like web webcomic humor so like that doesn't you know again i don't think that means it's good but at least it's like okay i kind of see how we ended up there um sure. i just yeah like, no, and I, I i'm not trying to convince anyone of anything I'm oh just, sure it's just like man this i don't know i i mean <laughs> here the the best pitch i can do for you is the like main arc of season two is about this character who is a human and decides that he wants to be the best monster because he is sick of the hero association and like the way they operate and the things they stand yeah, for. I mean, at least he's the whole thing and we do get into, and then like the monsters are like, Hey, you are, we hear you want to be a monster. Come join our side. And he's like, no, you also have your problems. And it is about him fighting the regular heroes. And it is like, I, again, I, I, maybe it's not doing anything interesting enough in the genre to be about that because, like, even his reason for, I want to be a monster is, like, kind of simplistic. Like, you know, it can be explained in, like, two flashbacks and they do it and there you go. But, like, it is the, the parts where it, the, that season leans more into the parts of the show where we are, like, addressing viewpoints on you know being a hero and philosophies of being a hero so it is still more of an exploration than anything interesting like developing or progressing but you know we do get away from the joke being saitama ends it in one punch like that is that is ultimately yes that is ultimately the deus ex machina but they do a lot more before getting to that point like that point doesn't happen every episode that point happens maybe three times in 12 episodes if i'm you know remembering correctly or it feels more like that sparsely um it might still not work for you but you know it's yeah maybe 
maybe when I get to like December, uh, beginning of January, and I'm just out of things to watch, I might consider it. But honestly, sure, totally. This this is one of those like I won't be I won't feel I've missed anything at this stage right now if I never see it again. Yeah, and you know, honestly, like I get it. That's fine. That's uh, I I won't be sad because clearly it's uh, not for you. That's fine. Yeah, I, and it's one of those, I kind of really wished it was, because, I, like I said, everything I've heard about it made me really interested to see it. And, to, like I said, to find out when you told me, it's like, yeah, there's a dub, I'm like, oh, okay. Mm. And I'm just, uh, if anything, I'm almost mourning the fact, like, there was potential. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Yeah. To any of the listeners who are interested in creating web comics or if you have a web comic or anything i do highly recommend reading the original web comic and checking out the manga because that's just really cool looking and like i said earlier keeps most of the original like layouts and stuff and it's just redrawn really well um and also if you like the animation in season one of one punch man and want to check out some other studio madhouse stuff you may already be familiar with some of their work as they co-animated, I think, most if not all of the Studio Ghibli movies. Um, they did all of Satoshi Kon's movies, and I also personally recommend checking out Redline, Summer Wars, and Tokyo Godfather. Hey, you want to know what I just realized? What my actual try this if this didn't work for you pitches, Chuck? Go for it. What do you know about Mob Psycho 100? Uh, I was less interested in it than I was this. Really? Yeah, and I heard a lot of things that made me actually want to watch it, and I just stopped caring. Okay, that's interesting to me, because... Hey, if you're <laughs> autistic, check out Bob Psycho 100. Yeah, like, as, as far as, like, a story that is not relying on, like gags as the be-all end-all purpose and it actually like has things to say and wants to show characters developing i thought that one was really was, good i will say this it was i would say i favor it more than one punch mm-hmm. but just some, something about it just couldn't hold me and i couldn't i'll be honest with you i couldn't put my finger on it but it's just one of those i i liked what it was trying to do which is more than i can say for this show all right but it just, for some reason, it's one of those, like, I, I remember, it's like, well, I'm going to do my weekly anime list of whatever's current. And I just couldn't get to things. And when I got back to it, it was like, mm, this one's not making the cut for the re- or catching up. And it just continuously fell backwards. And it's just, uh, Interesting. It, I, yeah, huh. it's, it was one of those, like, I, I genuinely want to watch this again and keep going forward. And I realize when something's really not holding my attention, I'm just watching it to say I watched it. Sure. When I when something like like for example, if I get sick and I miss a couple weeks of a show, whatever I you know, make sure to power through that first day, I'm feeling better. It's like clearly I like that more than the others. It's, it's when I find myself saying, "I'll put it off till next week, till next week, till next week," or oh. you know, three days from now. And that's a, something about Mob Psycho just ended up that way. No, that that's fair. Okay, then. Yeah, uh, let's finish our final thoughts with our, what do we usually do? Rankings. How do we feel about the opening song? Bob, go. Uh, So I think this is uh, the type of song where if you're an enjoyer of heavy metal uh, music, 
It's great on this a workout is, playlist. Yeah. This is right up your alley. Uh, so this is truly subjective. Sure. I do not care for this particular style of music. So on a purely subjective standpoint, I would put it maybe on our personal list at 13. It's your but, list. It's yeah. your subjective list. Put it wherever you like. But, but that being said... I didn't hate it. It's just not my style. Sure. Okay. Could listen uh, to it and understand where people would enjoy it. Putting it at 13 uh, puts it above Nadezuko, You Get to Burning, and below Geki Gengar 3, Geki Gengar 3. So, honestly, that's exactly where I was looking. Like, it, it's in that realm of G Gundam, Fist of the North Star, and uh, the Getter Robos, but mm -hmm. also with Trigun right in the middle there. And, like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. That, that feels about right for this list. Actually, uh, I can see why it's enjoyable for listening to it. I can understand why it hits all the right notes. It's not for me. Yeah. Um. So. Mm. Is he? <laughs> is he? Well. You said you couldn't stand Genos, right? Unfortunately, but boy, that boy's eyes. I mean, he's, he's, he's someone's waifu. He's very pretty. Underneath that. How about we that, smack him in the middle? Oh, above our Dorothy Wainwright and below Melfina? He's yeah. not an android. That's true. He's not an android. He's a cyborg. There's some part of him somewhere that's still that's fleshy. True. That's human somehow. When you find it, let me know. <laughs> um, it's, His it's head still has meaty bits. We didn't... That's what my belief is. We didn't get to it, but I think there are full androids that appear in this show, but since we did not see them in this selection, I'm guessing we cannot consider them for our rankings. Yeah, I think Metal Knight has androids. Uh, well, Metal Knight is a person. He's drones. Yeah, he's like puppeting a whole lot of fully robotic bodies. Uh, there's like Drive Cyborg, but again, I guess that's a cyborg. Uh, the alien? No, he's he's flesh under. No, he's it's all alien. Typically not included if it's not in what we're watching. Yeah. Yeah, but and I just then... enjoy thinking about this. <laughs> Is is Moomin Rider's bike a horse? Is Moomin Rider a horse? Moomin Rider's not a horse, he's a hero. Moomin Rider's bike. I'm going to say no because it didn't do any real damage. Is it a runner-up? I'll put it, I will accept runner-up. Okay. Well, okay, did the Vespa do any real damage? Because the horse Vespa was awesome, and the Vespa was smart. <laughs> and it had some Vespa, form of sentience. No, but she... Horse she does not have to do damage. You made the qualifier of damage. But to be fair... Haruko Vespa did slam into Nauta and nearly kill him twice. Right. So it actually did do a lot of damage. To... Okay, then uh, did... Uh, what, Tuesday Suitcase. Go Tuesday Suitcase. Okay, yeah, Tuesday Suitcase. Did it do damage? No. I was trying to think of what's his name's horse, Andy's horse. Uh, yeah, that's Onyx, right? Yeah, he didn't yes. do damage. He just Onyx is my hero. <laughs> but did he do damage, Bob? You're the one that put oh, the he fire. operated in the elevator, and I will <laughs> die on that hill. Now, yeah, that's here's the solid. thing. Here's here's the argument I will make in favor of the ride part of Moomin Rider. 
heat it did actually act as a distraction what did it distract it, it distracted big fish man big you know fishy scaly furry fish man thing Deep secret that one you know what it therefore it was part of the hero act therefore that makes it a hero it saved people I put it on your list. I think it was used by Moomin Rider. I don't necessarily think it because almost everything else on this list, even like, you know, uh, everything else has like can have intent. Most of them are animals with like some level of sentience. Even even the Vespa kind of has that. Yeah, if we're if we're arguing that it has to be sentient, then I will fully agree it does not have sentience, which I will then retract my argument. But any other argument I've heard so far, like mm, it can still kind of fit. The suitcase had a face. Yes, and it let her know that it needed to charge, but sentience is kind of pushing it. Also, we don't know that Moomin Rider only has the one bike, so it, he may go through several bikes. Legion of super bikes. Yeah, well. I'd watch that show. The Legion of Superbikes. Meanwhile, yeah. at the the bike stand of justice. Okay, was there a flying pussyfoot in this show? <laughs> no, we had no, no flying not. pussyfoot. All yeah, right. There was no surprise trains, unfortunately. Uh, is there any monster that could be described as a flying... No. No. Maybe somewhere no. late in season two. But... No, he was a car. There was one who's a car man, but he's not a train, so it doesn't count. Okay. Uh, well, I believe that leaves us with only one thing left. And there is only one thing left, since there's only one show left in the modern average anime fair tier. Oh. That makes me so sad, but okay, which, which one is it? means that next time we'll be watching Steins Gate. No, no, no. What, what's the other name for it? Yeah, you gotta uh, say it. Can I offer you a nice Jilnana in this trying world line? Thank you. <laughs> we all I'm we all so salute. Happy. I'm so happy you really fell in love with hearing that over and over again, Bob. But man, it was not worth that, <laughs> that level that level of commitment to the bit. Listen, you gotta commit to the bit. That's what heroes <laughs> do. Oh man! Like if anything, yeah, Joe's a hero for putting up with it. <laughs> like arguably, I would say Bob is the villain for torturing her this long. <laughs> Oh man, I just realized too. The next tier is where most of my picks landed up, so I have to go rewatch some anime real quick. <laughs> yeah. Wow, we we only have two tiers left. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, we should get on a season We've two. We've only list. been doing this for a year. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, but on on that bombshell, uh, thank you all for joining us and listening to us have takes. Um, thank you for, thank you for putting up with our takes. I say this as a reflection of the entire series so far, I guess. Um, but all that being said, uh, please come back and join us next time, uh, when there will be more anime. Be a hero in your community. Deep in the Weebs is a show by Chuck, Nick, Joe, and Bob. Our theme music is Kawaii Friends by Cotty 3 You can find our show on YouTube or subscribe to the audio-only version on iTunes or wherever podcasts are served.